Do you know that non-governmental organizations are working ceaselessly to make the world a better place? We see a future where young people are connected and act together as agents of change. Making the dream of um, children living in undeserved communities. And I am well known for championing children's right to education. Poverty alleviation, humanitarian aid. We are every child regardless of your geographical location. Healthcare. Socioeconomic status or religious background who have access to quality education. We are concerned about people's health and livelihood. Leadership development and community development. Yes, NGOs are working for the sustainability of all, especially the less privileged. Yes, yes. their voice deserves to be heard. NGO podcast is the voice of NGOs. I am Jimo Uluato Bishagun. Stay tuned. Hi, welcome to the NGO podcast show. A podcast which focuses on bringing the diverse and vigorous voices of global NGOs to people around the world. By engaging in interviews with founders and leaders in the NGO community, problem challenges, opportunities, and best practices. I am Jimo Oluwa Tobishegon. You can simply call me JOS. In our last episode, which was episode 16, we started a conversation with Judith Obi, the founder and the CEO of African Education Aid for Development Network a non-government organization which is based in Lagos, Nigeria, West Africa. In our last episode, Judy shared with us why and how she started the organization. Okay, so my, my story is quite different. A lot of people started um, charity organizations because maybe they were underprivileged or they were in a situation where they had nothing or they were deprived and then they thought about starting something. But um, my father would always tell us that um, in my dialect, he says, Madubuibeya, it means that we are we as we share same humanity so that we do not need to pass through certain things to be able to realize that other people are going through hell or need help so i mean going looking through my own community and seeing that a lot of children are out uh, were out of school you know it pained me and i decided to do something about it and this is me trying to find out what i can do for the community and not necessarily what the community can do for me she proceeded to tell us much more about the goal and the major statement of the organization okay so um africa education aid for development network um as a name implies is a network of young people you know solving various educational challenges across Africa so African Education Aid Network was founded in 2014 and over the years we work towards um, tackling the underlying challenges that prevent children from going to school and staying in school in Africa the ultimate goal is to ensure that every child has access to quality education in Africa she rounded up that episode by telling us some fantastic project that was undertaken by the organization and their most recent project. Okay, we've been able to do a lot of program, but I'll just um, point out to the most recent. In 2016, we had a back-to-school outreach where we um, gave out to children, school kids, learning aids. We even gave out, we have children on scholarships under our organization. In 2016, alone, we reached out to 5,000 children with school aid, learning aid in Uganda, Nigeria, Cameroon, uh, um, and Ghana. And, of course, we did this by synergizing with our volunteers in these countries and youth-led organizations. You should listen to that episode. On this episode, my guest will remain Judith Obi, the founder and the CEO of African Education Aid for Development Network, 
and she will be talking much more about the organization and of course what she does apart from running a charity organization and back to you Ijeoma and you are a graduate from Abia State University Nigeria West Africa of course you had a bachelor degree from the department of industrial chemistry probably first class or second so second class <laughs> nobody knows that's the topic for the other day but how does that correspond with what you do now or do you have any other job or a side gig where you participate okay so um my father would always say your discipline that is what you study in the university ultimately uh, it's do- it doesn't necessarily determine your part in life yes but it disciplines you it is what creates you it makes up uh, the composition of you know, mold into who you are. So, um, yes, sometimes we are one of all those people that study one thing and then go ahead to do the other thing. But, you know, as we grow in life, begin to discover that we have other passion. And that is why even as an organization, we are trying to talk to younger people to be able to make decisive steps when it comes to career choices and career path. You know, in our own time, everybody's doing, you know, you're either a chemist or a doctor, you know. So you go with the flow, you go with the flow. You don't really consider what you really love doing. So, yes, I did uh, applied chemistry that's a serious course you know you know and then I did well uh, but at the same time I realized I had a passion for help you know if it's people go according to the Ministry of Service you know I loved helping I I loved contributing so um, aside what I do in uh, Africa Education for the Environment I actually have a side gig what you call a side gig actually consult for um, uh, as a business development consultant for uh, a health uh, institute here in South Africa so that's something I don't decide. Awesome, quite impressive. Uh, in the year 2016, April or May to be precise, you were privileged to participate at the World Humanitarian Summit, which took place in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, Judith, how has that contributed to the growth, activities, or reach of the organization? Okay, it has contributed immensely because we must realize that it's always an opportunity as young people to be able to represent, you know, um, young people in certain conferences not just a sightseeing opportunity so um, going to that conference we were able to discuss a lot of things uh, i was opportunity to speak on the role of young people in fostering peaceful communities you know coming back to my on my own end of course i have affiliates with other organizations being able to share outcomes from all those summits with our affiliates we are also you know running with the visions for the sdgs which um, on our own part is the sdg4 so we are um, as an organization more energized to carry out more action we are also you know empowered knowing that during the summit we discussed about the role of young people and we are able to see that actually the world recognizes the role of young people in development so it serves as a boost it serves as a platform to connect with other um, world changers uh, across the globe who gather to the conference it's also informed and helped me you know also inform in turn people that are, are connected towards an organization or any platform i'm privileged to to be on yeah awesome quite impressive you talk about the project you've run uh, you've implemented in your organization for the past few years and will you please tell the listener the latest projects you are working on or the projects we should be looking forward to from your organization okay so starting from um, um, the first saturday in august we have organized a summer literacy program we um, like i said earlier we are targeting reaching out to 500 children across africa this project is running is up and going to start running from the 5th of august in nigeria cameroon uganda south um uganda. we are not doing it in south africa now They're just tanzania uh, rwanda kenya so this summer literacy program is to reach out to 
the much more younger children who are yet to go to school. In fact, we have a lot of children who are not in school. So we want to reach out to them, we want to teach them. We have a lot of volunteers who have already uh, you know, indicated interest. So they are going to be teaching the children phonics, um, language. So at the end of the program, we want to ensure that the, the children that attend are able to read and write. They develop numeracy uh, uh, skills. They're able to read, write. They're able to have cognitive skills. So that is it uh, on that. Um, soon, later, uh, much later in the year, we are still going to take on the back-to-school outreach because it's something we do yeah. year on a yearly basis. And then, of course, our scholarships, um, uh, the back-to-school does not just end with giving our bags and all that. We still enroll some of the children who have taken part in this after-school class into school. So, so quite interesting. Um, since the inception of these organizations in the year 2014, what is the greatest challenge you've ever encountered since so far? Uh, well, challenge, challenge, challenge. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about it because, um, okay, would I call it finance or human? I think, um, I think it's human capital. You know, unlike other organizations, they always, yes, volunteerism. You know, unlike human capital, people complain about finance. Uh, but on my own part, I've been able to, you know, be able to secure reasonable finances for um, maybe okay, uh, for pro programs and events, maybe due to my background in business development, um, you begin it, you begin to see a trend where people are ready to volunteer but are not um, ready to walk the ten mile, you know, with you. So and uh, because you're trying to manage volunteers, you're not going to put a lot of expectations. People just want to come around and then take pictures with the underprivileged kids, but they don't want to, in the long run, stay behind and make. You know exactly. continuous impact so uh, and sometimes you require volunteering systems that you know are consistent maybe a crop of volunteers that are consistent so i think it's human capital and of course um, there's been a revolution young people are beginning to see the need to volunteer and remain committed you know so um, we are overcoming that challenge you know day by day every day gets better you see people who are more willing to develop time um, devote time resources um, talents you know skill and you know stay focused and help you achieve the goals of the organization without necessarily looking for monetary you know, gratification awesome. quite interesting uh, what is your greatest fear okay. yeah um as an organization as an individual yeah as an individual. <laughs> i uh, i definitely i can't really say i have fears because really? yeah because you know people just uh, some people just meet me and say, some people tell me I'm quite unrealistic, that I'm always saying that anything is possible. I actually have the belief that anything and everything is possible. It's just a matter of time. You know, if it can be done, in fact, I go into every situation with the attitude that something must give way. That's between these two things, between I and that mountain, what must give way and is not me. So I really do not consider myself to have any fears. Yes. This is this Well, it's awesome, though. It's awesome. And with impacts for the past few years, where did you see yourself or the organization in the next five years, Miss Ijioma? Yeah, five years from now, we want to be able to institute um, uh, maybe an institution, if you call it institution, an institution, yeah, that should be able to cater for needs of children free of charge ensure that children are educated, giving all-round education free of charge. You know, some people look at it and say, ah, oh, you just tried to start a school. I mean, isn't that so big and all of that? I believe that anything is possible once you put your mind to it. I look forward, uh, you know, five years from now to be uh, one of the organizations that are on consultative status, you know, with the likes of the ECOSOC and the, and the UN, you know. I look forward that five years from now, people will be able to reckon all across Africa that this organization is one organization that is one of the, uh, you know, 
major focal points for education of children in Africa. Impressive. What's your lasting word to the African leaders? Okay, young leaders, um, you know, recently there's all this, uh, you know, we are all excited about the not too young to run, yeah. build. we are all excited about the, the idea of young people being leaders. I must, you know, continue asking young people to commit themselves to learning and personal development. Sure, sure. It is not enough to clamor to be a leader. In fact, trust me, I can tell you for free that it is not easy. Challenges are enormous. And if you have not submitted yourself to the place of learning and mentorship, you're going to, you're heading for failure. I'm not <laughs> swearing for the person, but sure. that is the truth. You know, we are all young people and we want to be leaders, we want to be head CEOs and yeah, MBs yeah, and then, and then but we do not want to subject ourselves to learning, to leadership, to mentoring. So if yes, the young to not young to uh, run bill has been passed, but young people must equip themselves with information. These days, you have a crop of young people who are more interested in social media than reading newspapers. If you do an opinion poll of a gathering of a thousand youth, you see that out of all of them, maybe one of them have not even gone to CNN or channels mm -hmm. or visited the newspapers, and the only newspaper they visit is sports. Uh, what is happening with uh, Chelsea and Arsenal. So I want to advise young leaders who must subject ourselves to learning, if we must attain to global and international relevance, we must subject ourselves to mentorship, we must subject ourselves to, more importantly, partnership. See, it is fine to be the CEO, MDCO, executive director of an institute, fine. But you, should, you must also know that you do not just venture into an enterprise when you do not have the necessary skills and you do not even want to carry on people who have you know, much more advanced set of skills along with you because you want to be the head. So we must also fan the flame of partnership, collaboration. We must also not fan the, fan the flame of competition. It doesn't lead us anywhere. It just turns us against each other. So that's something else. Thank you very much, Ms. Judith, for being a guest on this podcast. It's a huge pleasure to have you here with us. I'm very sure maybe when we all want to have the video version, I'm very sure you give us a group <laughs> again. Of course, always an opportunity. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. Do have a nice day, Mrs. Joe, for being <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome back from the interview session there with Judith Obi. Thank you for staying tuned as well. I believe together we can make the world a better place for her. Or still have any questions or inquiries about the organization that was featured on this episode, Maybe you want to partner with them or you want to sponsor any of their project, please feel free to reach them via their website www.afeaden.org. www.afeaden.org. They'll be glad to hear from you. What do you think about this podcast? What do you think we need to improve on? I want to hear from you. Do send me an email, jimo at ngopodcast.com.ng, which is spelled as J-I-M-O-H at ngopodcast.com.ng, jimo at ngopodcast.com.ng. Don't forget to bookmark our website as well for more interesting episodes to come, www.ngopodcast.com.ng. I remain your dear friend. Jimo Uluwatu Bishegu. You can simply call me GOS. And I'm going for today. But before I go, don't forget you have a vital role to play in the human race. Government cannot do it all for you. We're ready to do yours. I will do this with you sometime soon. Till then, keep impacting your world positively. Yeah.